You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. Today's message is about going back, going back for the things in your life that you've lost. And I say this from the bottom of my heart, that many times when you go through trials in your life, you go through it and you come out the other side, but you lose something in the trial. But what the Lord wanted me to encourage you is simply this, that many of the things that we have lost through the hardships and difficulties in our lives, some of those things you have to go back for and receive what was lost again and receive the confidence that was lost, receive the dedication that was lost, receive uh, the commitment that was lost. Because what God has for you now is going to require that. And so I want you to just evaluate in your own life. I know we've all went through things. But what is it in your life that you went through and you feel like you've lost something? Something important for your marriage. Something important for the vision and dream. Because God wants you to go back for it today and restore it. I love the verse that says this. It says that he will never leave us or forsake us. Which means God will never leave you behind. He'll always go back for you. That's why you see verses like in Matthew 24 where he talks about end times and how terrible it was. And it says that that God shortened the days for the elect's sake. In other words, God will go back for you and make sure that you have what it takes to, to overcome. Can you say amen? So as we look at this, just evaluate in your own life. What have you lost? Do you still have the commitment and the zeal that you had when you first met Jesus? Are you sold out like you were in the beginning? Or is your life now kind of tattered because of the pain and the suffering that you went through? And I think all of us have been there, whether a broken relationship, whether a failed business, whether a goal of something that you didn't achieve to. And there's a, a loss there that sometimes we try to live without it. But God wants you to go back and receive whatever you lost today. Are you with me? Look at here. I want you to look up in Luke chapter 15. And I want to use this as our text today. It says, or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, rejoice with me for I have found the peace which I lost. You know, whenever I lose something, I always try to retrace my steps. Where was I way back then? Here's a woman. She's going through the house and she's like most women. She realized a lot of things can be lost in clutter. They can be lost in a mess. And that's what happens to most of us. We get into a situation, a mess in our lives, and we end up losing something. We end up losing trust. We end up losing the zeal that we once had because we got hurt so bad. And what the scripture is telling us is get out your broom and start sweeping. Let's sweep up where the messes are because there's some stuff that needs to be found in your life again so that you can become and you can do whatever God has called you to do. Because you can't always achieve to the dreams God wants you to 
if you are living with the loss of things necessary to achieve it. Come on, give God praise at least at that point. That's powerful stuff. It's a painful thing to go after someone that doesn't want to be gone after. It's a painful thing to try to restore someone that doesn't want to be restored. It's a painful thing to try to get your kid's head on straight when they don't want to get it on straight. It's hard to go after a spouse that doesn't want to change. It's painful. But I'm here to tell you today that it's worth it. Because if you can find what was lost, you can restore your life back to a place where God can use you in a great way and that past can be pushed under the blood and God can give you blessings for breakthrough in your life if you're willing to do that. I know it's very painful sometimes, a pastor, and it's very difficult. You want people to change and you go after them the best that you can and they don't always want to. But I trust today by the Holy Spirit that many of you are going to want to go back and save those that have wandered off, want to go back and restore those that have backslidden, want to go back and bring your husband back to the place he's on fire, or bring your wife back to the place that she's on fire for God. And if, can, can I get a hallelujah or something? I want you to do that. And God desires you to do that in your life. I think one of the things that sometimes happens in our lives is we want the blessing and we want it before it's right, before it's the season for it, and we jump in and try to receive things that we're not ready to handle yet. It's like the story of the prodigal son. He went to the father. He couldn't wait for his father to die to get the inheritance. He went ahead and got it, and what happened? He couldn't handle it. He didn't have the character, didn't have the wisdom, didn't have the maturity to handle the blessing. And I think that's one of the problems that we have is sometimes we're not willing to wait for our season. There's a season to prosper. There's a season to get healed. There's, there's seasons. And sometimes we want everything so fast. We want this drive-through success, drive-through reconciliation, drive-through, but, but sometimes you have to wait as God begins to heal and deliver and to bring things out so that you can be fully restored to the measure that God wants you to have in your life. And I'm really encouraged because I love to see marriages restored and things brought back into the relationship that were lost in the past. I love to see people who strive for goals and, and ambitions in their life. But in the, in, the, in the striving, many times they get hurt and bruised and put up walls and get bitter. And they're still going after it, but they're, they're different. They're, they're, they're now they're hard. They're, they're, they've got a callous in their life that God never wants you to have because the level of blessing God wants to give you, you can't do it without those things that you lost. I'll be honest with you, when I first started in ministry, I was just on fire for God. Just, I wanted to be in the front of the church, front seat. I'm listening to everything. I mean, I am consumed with it. But I've had those seasons in my life where, oh man, I'm dragging my feet just to pull myself to church. 
because something happened usually. Someone stuck a knife in your back and turned the blade. Someone said something about you that wasn't true and it created problems. And sometimes we just live with it. But I'm telling you today, we're not going to live with it. We're going to go back. We're going to get healed. We're going to get restored. We're going to get blessed. Hallelujah. Not going to allow those things to stop us from the greater things that God has for us. So don't be in a hurry sometimes to receive the blessing. There's a season for it. You have to prepare for it. You've got to have the wisdom that God wants you to have or you'll get it and it'll spoil you and it'll ruin you and it'll destroy you. You've got to have the character to be able to handle it. Turn to someone and say, I'm no longer a character. I have character. Now, I say that in all sincerity because I think sometimes we think we can get it quickly and there'll be no problem. That's not true. Let me tell you what the Lord said to me this week in prayer. He doesn't always tell me a lot, but he does always talk to me. He said this to me, and I'll never forget he said this. He said, Everything you do can be reversed, but everything you say can't always be reversed. And when he said that to me, I immediately thought of the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. It isn't something you do, it's something you say. But the Lord wasn't teaching me that. He was teaching me something else. And then he reminded me of the first generation that couldn't go in the promised land. They kept murmuring and complaining and said, I wish we had died in the wilderness. I wish we had died in the wilderness. And they complained and complained and complained and complained until finally God gave them what they said. So I want to encourage you today, go back for what is lost before you go too far. Go back and recover what was lost in your life before you destroy it by your negativity, destroy it by your attitude, uh, destroy it to a place where judgment comes on you that God doesn't want, and let God rebuild you in your life. Here's what I learned from the Lord. The Lord will always come for his word. Every generation has this choice. We can take his word and speak to our generation, or we cannot. He always returns for that word. You remember the story? This is Daniel. He's been fasted for 21 days, and an angel of the Lord came to him and said this to him. I have come for your words. I talk to people all the time, and they, most people have a very negative perspective about America today. Oh, they complain about woke. They complain about all these issues that we have in our schools. And they are things that are wrong. But I am optimistic because I'm a faith guy. I believe the Bible is stronger than the negativity in our country today. And that I would rather declare a word that God would come back for. It says he watches over his word to perform it. If you, are, if you stand in the righteousness of God, the words that you say, God will come for. And I've spoken things. In fact, I'll just say this to you. You see the church? It's a multicultural church. When we started the church in this area, it was not multicultural. But my prayer was we'd have a multicultural church. God changed the climate 
over all these years because of a word that me and my wife prayed. Give God praise. I believe the best kind of church is one that doesn't have racism in it. The best kind of church is one we love each other. It doesn't matter what culture you come from, what background you come from. That's the best kind of church. And so we've got a lot of problems in our culture today, but we're going to have to get restored from the things that we lost to get back what God wants us to have in our lives. We have to do it. In fact, I want you to say this to yourself. I am the jo uh, Joseph generation. I am the Esther generation. See, remember this about Joseph. God saw what was coming before the drought came. God saw it was coming before Joseph ever saw it happen. God saw ahead of time what was going to happen in Esther's time. But God had prepared them for it. And I love what uh, her uncle said to her. He said this. He said, you have been raised up for such a time as this. And I want to tell you that you and you and you and you and you and you have been raised up for such a time as this. Yes. We're going to speak the word of God over our culture, over our families, families, over our marriages, and we are, and God's going to come for that word, and God's going to restore at levels we have never seen before. Can you say amen? We're going to set our kids up for a generation of blessing, a generation of breakthrough. Hallelujah! Yeah. There's two kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God. There isn't three. There's two. And remember this, Psalms 103 verse 19 says, the kingdom of God rules over the kingdom of darkness. You cannot rule over the kingdom of darkness by the kingdom of darkness. It can only be by the kingdom of God. And that's why you're here today, so that we can get his word into our hearts and we can begin to transform whatever it is that God wants to do in your life. Amen. You know, one of the stories in the Bible that I love, and it really reveals how that God himself is looking to go back for things that have been lost. And I love it because it's a story of a woman and her husband. Uh, and what they do is they're, they're loving people. And every time the prophet Elijah comes by, they feed him, they house him. And you know the story where they build a little house next to their house so that he has a place to stay. So the prophet says to Gehazi, his servant, he says, what does this woman have a need for? Now, the reason why he said that is because he was obligated because of her kindness to bless her. And the Gehazi goes out and researches it. She's got influence with the king. They have property. They're wealthy. They're healthy. But he discovers one thing that she doesn't have, and that's a son. So the prophet says to her, this time next year, you're going to have a son. And look at her, listen to her response. She cries out, don't tell me a lie. That tells me that she had experienced a loss in the past. Maybe it was one miscarriage. Maybe it was two. Maybe it was three. Maybe it was so many 
that she lost hope of ever having a child. And she had learned to live with that loss. Now, I'm preaching to you. This is really touching someone's heart right now. I know what it's like to experience loss, but you have to recover from it to be the best that God wants you to be. And God wants to recover you from it, maybe in a different way, but God wants you to recover from it. And that's exactly what he does in this story. And she has a baby boy. We know the story. Well, he grows up and he dies in the field, but she knows it's her destiny not to live what was lost. So she's the one that says to her husband, takes her son, takes him up to the room, sits him there and says, I got to go find the prophet. And he says, well, why? And she has the famous words, it is well. Every time he asks her, he says, it is well. And she goes out and gets the prophet. Anyway, the prophet gets the child healed. My point is this. God was looking for what was lost so that she could become everything that God had called her to become. Are you hearing me? I know it hurts. I know that that the pain is great. I know the suffering involved is to the point you don't want to do anything to remind you of it, but sometimes that what you went through has taken your confidence. It has taken your commitment. It has taken your zeal. It has taken some of your joy, and you're not where you need to be to go where God wants you to go. God wants to restore it back, but you got to go for it. you got to go for it. And when you do that, it's going to be a wonderful thing in your life. See, I, I've, what I've learned in Scripture is that faith doesn't work without action. It isn't all action, but it, it, there has to be action to your faith, or it doesn't work. It's like cooking food. You can't cook spaghetti until you boil the water. You can't get a miracle until you act on what you're cooking. You got to act on it. And in the Bible, you find incidences of this. And it's not so much what they did. It's the fact that they acted on it. One of my favorite miracles is when there was no water. Troops were hungry. And they needed water. The animals needed water. And there was no rain in sight. And the prophet said, dig ditches. The ditches are going to fill up with water without it raining. They had to do something. They had to dig a ditch. Some of you need to dig a ditch. And I like how the scriptures tell us to prepare ourselves in a way that we can release our faith in this area. One of the terms used in Bible is gird up yourself. And you find it in the Bible because men would wear robes like women. And many times what they do when they got to working is they pull up the, the robe, tie it off kind of like shorts, and then get busy. That's why the word is used to gird up. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is in Hebrews 12, 12. It says, I want you to, to lift, lift up those hands that are limp and those legs that are wobbling and make your path straight. In other words, I want you to perk up, man. Get your hands up. Come, start walking right. Praise God. Don't. My dad used to tell me this. He'd say, straighten up, Jack. That means 
quit feeling sorry for yourself. Stand up and take it like a man. Go out there and fight the fight that you're told to fight. And don't you cow down. Come on, get it up there. Get it up there. Get it up there. Some of you have went through some losses. And I'm telling you what you got to do is you got to wake up your face to a smile. This is the day that the Lord has made. You got to begin to stand up, lift your hands up and those holy hands towards heaven. Come on, whatever's limp, get it strong. Come on, dance to the Lord. Shout to the Lord. Save your face. Save your body. Quit being humped over. I'm hurting that. No, I love you and I, and I feel for you, but now I'm telling you, wake it up, man. Shape it up because that's how you get restored. There has to be some action to your faith. Imagine experiencing great loss in your life. And then the scriptures dare to say, count it all joy. Great loss in your life, but the scripture says, count it all joy. Why? Because God knows you have to activate your faith for God to recover what is being lost. If you're not willing to activate your faith. You ever, you ever been in a church with a frozen chosen? They're down, they're out, they're depressed. You go to a church, it's like going to a funeral. Even when we die, we rejoice in this church. We're in a better place. We crossed over into glory. Can you say amen? Praise God. God wants that for each one of us. But you have to have that action that goes with it. Now, here's something else. I want to read you this verse first. This is in 1 John 2, 27. Look at what it says. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, it is true, it is not a lie, just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. This is powerful. I want you to make a note of this. Anyone that carries their dream has what I call, maybe this is loose, a sixth sense. They have what I consider an ability to discern the right door and the wrong door, an ability to know when and when not to, if you carry the dream. When you talk to a visionary like me, you don't dis discern things like I do because I'm carrying it. It's just like when you're kind of share, sharing with somebody uh, what you have in your heart to do, and they might give you the best advice that they know how, but it's not the same as someone who carries it. The one who carries it, God says the anointing in you will teach you all things. Everything that you need to get your breakthrough is inside of that. But if you quit carrying it, you lose direction. Have you ever met someone that was like that? They got so disappointed, they gave up their dream. And then, then they said things like this. I've asked the Lord to reveal to me what to do and he won't talk to me. That's because you're not carrying the dream anymore. If you pick up the dream and put it back into your heart, then the Holy Spirit will begin to reveal to you all things that you need to perform it. Whether it is raising children, whether it is going to the next level financially, whether it is improving your health, I don't care what it is. You've got to pick up and carry 
that dream in your life. If you don't, if you believe that, say amen, praise God. Now, I'm going to, this is something I want to hit you, and it's it's so true. Did you know that every champion, every king, every overcomer, every lion have all had the urge to quit? Every one of them. I don't care how far up you've been. If you are a champion, you have had the urge to quit. I just want to give up on it. I don't want to try to make it work anymore. I don't want to try to be understanding anymore. You've had that urge. It's normal. Perfectly normal. But I want you to hear this when I say this. You make a difference. That dream is a dream that you can add to and create in your life that only you can do. It's created for you. And it's a dream that it may be hard. In fact, I'll say this. Sometimes it's harder for you to go to one level than it is for someone else. It doesn't make any difference. Don't quit. Don't quit. For some reason, God has chosen you to carry that dream. Don't you give up on it. Don't you throw it away. For some reason, God has decided that you're going to make a difference with your life. You're going to make a difference with your faith. You're going to make a difference in your life. You're going to make, come on, more than a ripple, you're going to get a tidal wave. That's what God's going to do in your life. The point that I want you to see from this is don't you dare quit. Don't you dare quit on that marriage. Don't you dare quit on those finances. Don't you dare quit on understanding. Don't you dare quit on raising your children. Don't you dare quit on America. Don't you quit on God. Don't you dare quit. Stick with it. Because you're the only one that can do what you're doing. You're the only one that can do it the way that you're doing it. And God knew that when he put it in your heart. And you will harm other people if you quit. You stick with it. Do not stop. Woo, come on. Don't stop. Now I'm going to close with a text here. And I'm just going to tell you the story. It's a story you're familiar with. Jesus talked about it. It's actually in Luke 15, the beginning verses that we didn't read. And he talked about a shepherd that had a hundred sheep. And the shepherd goes out and they're going from field to field. All of a sudden, he realizes one of the sheep are gone. So he leaves them to pasture and he goes out to look for the one. Why would you leave 99 to get one unless one is what made your herd complete? There are things in your life that make your life complete. Satan loves to take those things out of your life. 
He loves to steal those things from your life. But if you can go back for those things and become complete again in him, you'll be set up for the next breakthrough. You'll be set up for the next miracle. You'll be set up to go over the top. But you got to be willing to go back. I mean, think about it. 99-fold is not the same as 100-fold. Six or 59-fold is not the same as 60-fold. 29-fold uh, is not the same as 30-fold. It's not complete unless it's 30. It's not complete unless it's 60. It's not complete unless it's 100. Here's the thing I learned when I, when I got married. I knew that I wouldn't be complete without my woman. Some people are single and they have a gift for it. I didn't have a gift for it. I knew I couldn't be my best without my woman. So the love of my life, I met her at 15, married her when I was 19. Amen. She's not feeling good today. That's why she's not here, but she's watching us online. Love you, baby. But here's the point I want you to see from it. Ecclesiastes said it this way. Two are better than one. Because when one falls, the other one will pick them up. Amen. Hallelujah. I know we got the Holy Ghost. I know we got Jesus. And, and God's more than enough to do that. But here's the part I want you to say. There's some things in your life are not complete. Especially things that you've lost that Satan wanted you to leave, lose. That's why restoration, recovering what is lost, going back for it. I'm going to go back to the zeal and the hunger and the, and the fire that I had when I first met you, baby. I'm going to go, I want to go back too, honey, to the, to the level, to the place that it was uh, before we've had all these problems and all these arguments and all of these problems. I want to go back to the love that I had when I first met you and I was serving Jesus. I want to go back to that because I feel like over the years we are, we are damaged goods. We've been damaged from this world. If you're willing to go back for it, God will bless you in a great way. And everybody that was so excited at this point said, hallelujah, Jesus, because I want you to go back for it. I want you to go back for it. I want you to go back for what was lost. I've seen vets have to go back for things that were lost in the war. I've seen spouses that had to go back for things that were lost in a terrible marriage issue. I've seen children have to go back to things they lost through this trial and that trial. But God wanted you to know today that you can go back and he will restore you. He'll get your joy. See, I'm not talking about being happy. I'm talking about going back and receiving the joy that is made full again. That you get joy that is made full again. You get victory that's made full again. You get the commitment that's made full again. You get the dedication that's made full again. You get the fire that's made full again. You get the zeal that makes you full again in your life. That's what I'm talking about. You're no longer a wounded warrior. You're a healed warrior. And you're tougher now than you ever were before. And everyone that loved Jesus said amen. Stand to your feet right now and get ready for this. I want you to hear this. Have you ever done this? Were you on a flight to go on your vacation? 
And you go to the airport and you realize we didn't bring our passports. And you got to go back to your house to get the passports for your vacation. You didn't want to, but you knew you couldn't get out of the country until you did that. Some of you need to go back and receive what you lost so that you can get out of the country into the glory of God, into the blessings of God, into the breakthroughs of God. That's, that's what you need to get. And here's what I want to do. I want to pray for you again today. As I preach this, things go off, not by me, but by the Spirit in your life that reveal things to you. Things that were lost. Maybe you haven't even admitted it. But between you and God, you know something was lost. That doesn't mean you're inferior or any less a child of God or, or something's horrible. No, it just means you're normal. But God wants to give you that joy back, that victory back. But you can't look for something that you don't know is lost. I said you can't look for something you don't know is lost. The other day I was, I'd misplaced my sunglasses that I bought when Joyce and I were in vacation in Maui. And they're pretty expensive glasses. So my wife, she says, you lost them. I said, no, baby, maybe, baby. I said, I know they got to be in the house. They got to be in my region of living. I knew that if I lost them in the restaurant, they were lost forever. I knew that if I lost them and they'd fallen out of my car or something, they're lost forever. But here's what I want you to hear. If you're in the house of God, nothing is lost forever. Amen. Nothing. Sure enough, they were in the garage in one of my cars in a little compartment in the car because it was in my house. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, it may seem like it's not, it's lost, but if, it's, but if you're in the house of God, it's not lost forever. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out our podcast, River App, and our website at theriver.church. We're the river and we're doing life together.